Hi, this is Tony Tejado, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our own humanity. It's Trek Tuesday, and we have a vintage conversation with Linda Park. She was Ensign Hoshi Sato on Star Trek Enterprise and their communications and linguist specialist. My vintage conversation before the first episode premiered here on Trek Tuesday in a moment. A lot of people are pretty psyched about this show, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, ex- it's exciting, and they're publicizing it really well, and yeah. um, really getting it out there in all sorts of mediums, and and um, to, a, to a wide audience of people, I feel like. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah. commercial that was on the website. You know, it oh, was, the new one, did you see? Yeah, I've seen that one, and that was like, wow, I've never seen that for a Star Trek commercial ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we watched it yesterday. We are all really excited about it yesterday. Like, that's really cool. It's very, it's very, um, you know, techno, action-y, kind of edgy, an edgier quality than mm-hmm. Star Trek has had before. Yeah. So that's, yeah, those are, those are fun to see, to kind of, because uh, we're so inside our work. Sure. To kind of be able to step back and see what, you know, the excitement that an audience may feel because we've been in it for for a while now and so consumed by it. Um, oh, yeah. And the technicalities. But seeing the trailers uh, just goes, it goes back to the initial um, excitement and joy of the show, of of this new of this new prospect we're all going into. Yeah. Prequel yeah. to the Star Trek legacy. It really, it really is overwhelming. Especially when we watch the trailers, just to see, to see ourselves really as the characters. You know, yeah, yeah. In, in that, in that kind of format and, and see what, um, what the audience is probably a case of what the audience. Sure, for what the audience is gonna see. You know, Jonathan Frakes made a, you know, point years ago talking about the audition process for Next Generation, uh, mm-hmm. saying there was like seven auditions. Uh, <laughs> right, right. How, how was it for you for Enterprise? It was a pretty long process. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it was a long process in which I didn't go in, um, you know, repeatedly for a lot of times, but mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time looking for girls. And the first time they had seen me, the first uh, group, I was, from what I had heard from my agent, is uh, I was the, you know, one of the few that they liked. And so they wanted to get more perspective. So that's why it took longer because they kept wanting to audition more to see if they could get more possibilities for the, for the character. But then it turned out by the end of the process that even in the end, I was the only one that ended up testing for the part. Oh, great. Yes. It's good in one sense that, that they didn't, you know, there wasn't anybody else they liked for the part besides me, but mm-hmm. the negative side of that is if I didn't get the part, then it wouldn't be, oh, so-and-so was 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 just more right for it. Yeah. If there was no other girl, it would have just been, oh, well, I guess they didn't like me, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a long, it was a long process, but knowing that they did, that the producers did like me that much gave me a lot more confidence in the room. You know, when I would go back to know that they were on my side, that they weren't out to, you know, find my flaws or see me do badly. They wanted to see me do well. Oh, great, great. It gave me, me, um, it made it a very warm audition experience. Cool, cool. 
what's it like for you? Though? I mean, you're you're stepping into Star Trek. I mean, with all this history and movies and TV series, and mm-hmm. you know, going back 35 years now, is that a little daunting and scary? Yeah, <laughs> um, just a little. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I, no, it's it's very it's very daunting. It's very overwhelming, and there's, you know, um, I don't know if you can hear the fatigue in my voice right now, but <laughs> it, it's been a really, it's especially these past couple of weeks have been the roller coaster ride has been crazy hmm. with all the publicity and sure, all sure. the, uh, you know, with. With it getting closer and closer to the mm. premiere date, people are getting more excited and more interested, and we're being put out into the real world a lot more, and that can be overwhelming because it doesn't exist on stage 18 on the Paramount lot just yeah. between the actors and the producers anymore. It's starting to, it'll be, you know, it'll be the world's pretty soon also, not just our work, and, and that's a daunting thing because people are so excited about about it, you know, and Star Trek fans are very loyal, but they're also mm-hmm. very critical. Oh, of, they can be. <laughs> of, yeah, and this, is a, this is a big, this is a huge undertaking to to in predate Kirk and and Picard and and go back to the genesis of Star Trek. Yeah, everybody on the crew, from um, you know the actors, the directors, the producers, the set designers, to the lighting guys, have done incredible work and. Mm. What's great is the crew have been around, you know, some of them since Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. To see them so excited about this show gives us gives us the fuel to to um to work hard because we know that we we must be doing something right if if these people know better than anybody else. You know, they've been around for oh, a long yeah. time, and for them to get so excited about this and constantly tell us that. You know that this is this is going to be, you know, knock on wood. This is going to be you know really big. It's flattering and it's daunting, and I can't wait for the premiere. I'm yeah. very trepidatious, but I'm also I mean, it's <laughs> it's a, it's 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 a, it's a huge mix of feelings. You know, it's, sure. It's, especially for me, it's my first series. It's my first mm. time being anybody really. I'm not, I yeah. I. I really came out of nowhere, so I don't have previous experience to 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 find solid ground on. I'm going in out there blind and not knowing what to expect. I'll have more with Linda Park, but meetings are an essential part of any business. Presenting to clients, collaborating with colleagues, making them as simple as possible to run and organize. You've got to use GoToMeeting by Citrix, easiest, most reliable online meeting source. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, you can hold as many meetings as you need for one flat rate. And phone conferencing and voice over IP are also included. What I love about GoToMeeting, it's easy to use. You can get everybody from around the country, literally in one cyber room, and exchange ideas. And my listeners can now try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. That's a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. Let's get back to my conversation with Linda Park.
I think you're in good hands, though, with the producers and uh, also the people around you, your castmates. Uh, there's some there's some very good talent on that cast, you know, starting with Scott all the way down, you know. Scott's an incredible captain. I think everybody <laughs> will really be so excited, so mm-hmm. excited about, uh, you know, the, this new kind of blood he brings into the line of captains in the Star Trek legacy. He's he's a throwback to Kirk in a lot of ways in in that space cowboy adventure explorer kind of you know Han Solo esque quality about about his portrayal of um, Archer. Such a great thing to see. It's such an enlivening thing for the rest of the crew because hmm. we take we kind of take the tone from our captain within within the show and within the set also and seeing and seeing him having so much fun and and really making star trek uh this exciting real that's the only way that i can a human experience it gives us all it gave us all the the kind of go ahead just to have fun with it and and not feel that we were inhibited by the parameters of what a star trek actor Mm-hmm. should you know feel we didn't feel those those boundaries we we were just playing our characters and i think for me i think that's the most important thing is the best way that we can pay homage to the star trek legacy and kind of reverence mm-hmm. is to go back to the story and not be a star trek crew member but right, be right. Koshi Sato in in this in this situation or Captain Archer or you know Tucker or Paul and really just go back to telling a story of this crew who who gets to explore space for the first time and how amazing that is and and what an adventure and the awe and the wonderment and the fear and all these wonderful human these human qualities set against this backdrop of of the format of a sci-fi world, I think is what makes, what made Star Trek stand out against other sci-fi uh, shows all these years. What is it about uh, Ensign Sato that appeals to you? Um, her humanity. Mm-hmm. Her, I don't think that she has a much of um, a professional cover as a lot of people on the crew do because many of them have been out before on an, on at least, you know, some missions and mm-hmm. she's she's a teacher. That's mm. what she loves to do and that's what she was taken from doing when she went on board. Mm. She trained to go out to space. She knew she went through all the and, she, you know, she was ready to go. She was going to leave for her mission um, about two to three weeks later than she actually did. She was totally unprepared emotionally to go out into space, especially for this long of a period and on this kind of what turns out to be a dangerous mission, you know, even though they don't think that it will be when they first venture out. What's great about her is that I think the audience hopefully will really be able to connect to her uh, experience of space because she feels fear and she feels anxiety and and she's not good at covering it at first and and she doubts herself a lot and but she also challenges ideas and she's just very human and she's flawed mm. and she knows it and she's really really trying to learn her way around this thing you know this 
this thing called space. <laughs> and, and, um, and she's trying to do her job, which she loves out there, which she knows that she, she's better than anybody else at doing this, at translating at, at languages. It's a passion for her. And that's what's beautiful is that, that yes, there is all this fear, but where her strength is, is in this love of languages, is in this gift that she has. And when she gets to translate, when she gets to, um, when she gets to do her job, that's really fun because then I get to play at, at what's at the heart of her. The explorer in her is about discovering new cultures and their languages and the way that they communicate with each other and, and the, and this kind of, this, this pattern that comes out of different languages based on syntax and, mm. and, and grammar and, I think there's a lot of growing that can, you know, be had, and that'll be fun because oh, yeah. she won't stay static mm-hmm. through the whole time. And and I hope that people will be able to watch her become, you know, a woman through the because she is she is young, she is very young, and and, mm-hmm. and she she um she tries not to act it too often, and she tries sure. to, you know, because she is in the senior staff of the crew, and she wants to remain professional and she also wants to prove to the rest of the crew that she is worthy of this job and that she's there for a reason and that and that she has a handle on things um but there's there'll be an exciting growth to watch not only in in her work but in her as growing from a girl to a woman and that's that's always fun to watch on screen there's more sci-fi talk so stay tuned here's more sci-fi talk with tony Tolado. Yeah, I think, well, speaking of handle, I think you have one on her. I think uh, she's in good hands. <laughs> I <laughs> really you. think she'll be fine. Obviously, the first episode is a two-hour, yeah. and uh, I understand. I mean, it's it's common knowledge now that uh, Jamie Cromwell, who was Ephraim Cochran in the movie, will actually make an appearance in the episode, too. And yeah. uh, I think Gary Graham, who's been on Alien Nation, will also appear. And uh, yeah. And Vaughn Armstrong, who's Mr. Star Trek, who's been on every series since The Next Generation and now is on yours. <laughs> uh, he's also appearing. Um, I, is, without giving too much away, is this obviously the setup of what's going to happen in the series and, uh, and why you guys are going out into space, that kind of thing? Am I kind of on the right track? <laughs> um, uh, this is the episode that essentially launches the Enterprise to... Oh, right, to, right, yes. Sit there, I say boldly go. <laughs> no, but please. <laughs> no, it's exactly right on target of what, if I would say the whole, the theme of the show were to be boil, boiled down to one line, I would say it would go back to that original dictum of to boldly go where no man or no one or no man or woman has <laughs> gone before. You know, it changes every episode, every Star Trek, but where no one has gone before. And that's what I think will really bring this new life into the show. Yeah. It's going out into space, not, you know, being out, whether in a in a docking port or trying to find your way back home. or mm-hmm. it's It's back to that original idea of you know what made Star Trek Star Trek and the original series with Kirk oh yeah something special that it was I think they did something very smart as far as production design on the series it would have been too easy to kind of look at the original Trek and kind of work backwards but what they did was, I thought was very intelligent, was to actually look at our technology and kind of project ahead which seems to make more sense yeah 
And yeah. uh, so what about those sets and the bridge and the engine room? What does that, what do they look like uh, in person, so to speak? Um, it's, it's really the, the best job in the world because being <laughs> like a kid and you have a huge playground made for you. And how many times as little I would pretend, you know, I had a spaceship and it's made out of cardboard or I'd be on my kitchen <laughs> counter flying, you know, a ship on my stove. But here it's a fully built and it's great because all the corridors, everything's built for kind of prosperity. So it's, mm-hmm. it's made out of, um, really solid material so it doesn't look fake in real life and kind of takes us out of the reality of the situation everything pretty much helps us to enliven our imaginations in Mm -hmm. the direction of being in space because Mm -hmm. all our we have all these gadgets we have things that work we have we have um all our screens always have have graphics on them that we oh, can, cool. that we can use. Um, and in, in our scenes, when we're speaking, when we're talking about certain graphics about landing pads or whatever, they we have um, Ben Video always projects the image on screen, so we have something to actually look at and play play with. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's it's like playtime. <laughs> yeah. And what about those costumes? I mean, that was always a complaint with Next Generation that they were yeah. too bulky, but these actually look. Uh, a little bit more uh, contemporary to us, so it would seem yeah. probably more comfortable. They kind of have that NASA quality, the denim jumpsuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get worn in, they get very comfortable, kind of like jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this thing around, kind of the, the Star Trek style, you know, during <laughs> our breaks, we take the top half of the jumpsuit off and, okay. you know, we have it kind of hanging around our waist and we tie it around so that our upper bodies are kind of free, which they couldn't do on in any of the other ones, no. they didn't have any, but we have like a black button-up shirt underneath, so we can be really comfortable, even when we're on set. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's just easy to slip on again, so it's never never an issue. And Sorry, Had you had to do the spacesuit uh, thing yet? Have you had to wear one of those? Oh, yeah, that was a uh, big <laughs> episode that was my episode, was the first spacesuit episode. So I oh, was cool. in the spacesuit all the time. Oh, wow. Um, it was about as painful as I can imagine any <laughs> piece of um, clothing ever. It's like mm-hmm. wearing a diver's pack on your back. Oh, wow. Um, above, and wearing it for long periods of time and a huge helmet on top of that. Mm. But watching the way that it looks, I think people are just going to be blown away by the way that it looks. Oh, um, good. On camera, it's just, they really do look incredible and, you know... The pain was worth something, <laughs> and they're figuring out a way to make it a little less painful for us by having kind of a resting slant board ready for us when, you know, we were on a break or we have um, the camera setting up, so we're, we don't have as many back issues. Oh, good, good. That'll that'll yeah. definitely help, and of course, as the series goes on, they'll be able to make a lot of improvements in everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that'll really help you. And you say that Ensign en- en- Sato is actually featured in that episode? Yeah, that's... Um, Can you kind of tease us a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, uh, well, um, she decides actually to, um, in that episode, that she's just not cut out for space. Mm. And um, she she considers telling the captain that she wants to go back to the university. Mm. And so it's kind of um, what makes her stay. What I mean, there's a lot that happens during that episode that just want to leave sure and, sure um, it's really it's a really nice turning point 
early on in the series to where she can finally accept space instead of in the pilots more of a, oh, I hate space and it's just, <laughs> you know, get me out of here. And then this is where she has to really take stock of what is amazing about this experience that, that she needs to swallow her fear and, and really, and really, uh, force herself to grow and stay out here. And so it's, it's a good, um, it's kind of a good first step. Kind of, uh, uh, also came into direct and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a tradition that, mm-hmm. that previous Star Trek actors, mm-hmm. they are so open here to, if an actor would like to direct to, um, kind of cultivating that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that craft and that wish to do so. So we, we really didn't, we had a couple days with her, but we just, we all loved her. She was, she created a great atmosphere for the actor to work in, that it was okay to mess up, that it was okay just to play around as actors. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can get so technical and you get a sure. variety of directors whose fortes are whether they be with um, setting up shots or with um, dealing with special effects. They mm-hmm. all have their fortes and hers was really dealing with the actor mm-hmm. and dealing with the story, which was a great thing. And I just, I think that she's such a lovely woman. She's, she's had to, she's holding out her own. She's the first female director that we've had and just her confidence and her just quiet assurance is a great thing to see. Oh yeah. That, you know, it's especially for me being a lot, being a lot younger and, and I'm still finding my footing as, as, as an actress, not particularly in my craft, I'm, fi- I'm finding my footing in how to deal with the business of it all. Sure, and sure. She was a great person to see. She that she went through all this, and she's you know she still knows who she is, and she still has a great sense of herself and and a confidence in herself that that I think is is um sometimes it's rare to see in Hollywood. It can be Hollywood can be very stripping of mm. I think people's spirits and their sense of self. But she was um she was very inspiring, and and I know. Her husband, uh, Eric Dawson, cast me in my first TV. Oh. <laughs> so we have, um, so it, it was kind of a, you know, we kind of knew each other through different little connections. So it was, it was very nice. Oh, that is great. That's a nice yeah. coincidence. Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time out to, uh, to speak to me. It's oh, been, uh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, wish, uh, I think I can speak for a lot of fans that wish, uh, you and the rest of the cast, uh, a good send off. Uh, for, for, uh, for Enterprise and hopefully uh, it'll be seven great years like all the other uh, recent series and, uh, and I hope you all are very proud of the premiere and of the show and you know are very excited about it as as much as we are and um, know that we are working very hard to, to make it a great show and, and to um, and to keep the legacy you know alive and, and going you can catch Linda Park streaming on Bosch, and also on Star Trek Enterprise. That's available on Paramount Plus, Bosch, on Prime Video. Thanks for listening to Trek Tuesday. This is Tony Dayano.